Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. One night in Edmonton, we were out on the town, and there was a guy by the name of Bane Nori. How about that? Bane says, did I ever tell you guys about the night I was out with the Rolling Stones? And I'm like, come on! What was Mick Jagger like? And he's like, well, no, no, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards weren't there. It was the rest of the band. And I hit the floor. You weren't with the Rolling Stones then, Bane. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger are the Rolling Stones. <laughs> exactly. Like, this is the Rod Peterson Show. Yes, yes, it is. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. How about that? It is a Tuesday. Uh, For the longest time, I thought it was Wednesday. So, hey, lucky us. I got one more day in the week. Welcome to your favorite daytime sports talk show. We're coming at you live on Game Plus Television and Key Radio down there in Atlanta, WQEE. Uh, Let's bring in the moose. One half of the show originating from the Florida studio where it's game day. The Panthers are home tonight to the Ottawa Senators, and Moose is in Toronto, where the Leafs are coming off a sweep of the St. Louis Blues. And today, from what I understand, they're measuring the width of the streets in Toronto for how wide their floats can be, right, Darren, for the Stanley Cup parade. Is that the, is that the sense that you're getting? Everybody's excited That's- there in Leafland? That's pretty much it. Everybody's excited. I was downtown yesterday in the afternoon. Um, and there was a lot of leaf gear out. Actually, I was really surprised. I, I don't see a ton of it, you know, around where I go day to day. But uh, downtown, there was a lot of people wearing it, so they're having fun. It's a good, it's a good day in in Toronto. Good, good for them. Leafs fans are good people, not entirely in reality, but they're good people. And I have to say this about being back in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, you get so much done in the morning. We go to air at noon Eastern. It's almost like too long. I was ready for a nap with all the stuff that I did today. Had a great workout at Johnny O's Gymnasium, and he posed a question to me that I'm going to pose a little later on in our Quick Six Show topics because I want the viewers' uh, take on that. Um, but I'll tell you, the East, it's a little too late to go to air. And I found in Las Vegas, which is the Pacific time zone, it's a little too early to go to air you know what i mean we're going to air at nine out there at super bowl all week and i bust my hump to you know hustle over there to radio road to get ready to go on the air at nine i will tell you that the mountain time zone is the sweet spot of life the mountain time zone where we go to air at 10 a.m mountain every day they the, the sports games start at What is it, 5 p.m., the Eastern games, and the late games aren't too late? You know, the mountain time zone is the sweet spot. So if you're sitting in there watching that today, folks, enjoy it. And I'll also say this, not belaboring anymore, our opportunity to spend time with Phil Esposito on the weekend. We're going to be talking about that in our Cats and Bolts podcast this weekend. Jeff Chekren of the uh, Florida Panthers television broadcast will be our special guest on the Cats and Bolts. But Johnny said today, Rod, Rod. Of all the people I've met, and he's from Boston, by the way, Darren. He's from Boston. Phil Esposito's number one. Number one. I'd never had a chance. I met Bobbiola. Met Yastrzemski. Espo would be number one. And we had the chance to meet him. I, I said to my guy this morning, Chris from the Bronx, how lucky am I to have spent 
a week uh, with Earl Campbell and Phil Esposito. Unbelievable, man. Life is fantastic. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? So we open with the big story. And I feel for a lot of the people in our purview, our hemisphere, Darren, yours and mine, it's the same thing. I, I don't know about you, but President's Day in the States and Family Day in Canada and whatever else you chose to celebrate was Hockey Day in North America. That's what you could have called it. And the focus was St. Paul, Minnesota, where the scoring binge the NHL has been on the last few seasons spread to many with hat tricks for Joel Erickson Eck and Kirill Kaprizov in our record-filled 10-7 win over Vancouver on Monday. Like, if you weren't watching it, if you spent any time on social media, you'd got to go to the game because people are like, what's going on in Minnesota? Erickson Eck and Kaprizov each had a six-point game that matched Marion Gorborek's franchise record. The Wild became the third team in the NHL this season to hit the 10-goal mark in a game. Canucks and Penguins did it earlier, and they set a franchise record for goals in a game and a period. They had six goals and 545 for the fastest in the league in 25 years. So um, I'll just say this. I think that's, that's crazy stuff. Marc-Andre Fleury didn't start the game for the Wild, but he finished it. 17 goals in a game. Uh, do you like that? Because I'll be honest, I don't really. You know, I, I like it to a degree. I think it's fun. What I like about it is the unpredictability of it. And that can come at any point in the game. But I love that the game was never in doubt. It was always up in the air. There was, you know, goals, goals, goals. And when there's that many goals, even down three goals, you always think, oh, there's a chance we can come back because, you know, mm -hmm. goals are coming pretty easy today. So I love the unpredictability of it. But it's also really tough because it's, it ends up being some sloppy hockey to get there. Absolutely. So that's our poll question today for Key Auto Group. At Key Auto Group, by the way, you can buy with confidence knowing that they provide, uh, provide reports on all vehicles they sell. Get fully informed about your next vehicle by going to keyautogroup.ca. The poll question is simply this. Do you, what type of hockey game do you prefer? A high-scoring game, a low-scoring game, or really both? And it's an interesting uh, cross-section answering it. Let me call it up here. Let me call it up uh, 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 on our Twitter. Give us a follow, by the way, folks, if you haven't already, at Rod Peterson Show. 53% of respondents saying they love a high-scoring game. 34% say they like both, and only 13% say low-scoring. And again, here's me. I'm telling you, man, it's lonely being me and being the fish that's swimming upstream. But I think anybody that's a goalie guy would agree that we like low-scoring games because it means the goalies are playing well. It means that there's a commitment to defensive play around them because it's not always on the goalie. And I like a well-played game. I think you said it. Sloppy was the term you used. Well, how about mistake-filled? That's what leads to goals. And if it's a high-scoring game, it means a goalie's usually getting shelved. Like the other night in Tampa, uh, and my guy Brent Woltman, I'm sure, is watching right now. Hey, Brent, see you tonight. The keg slogan, I'll, we'll see you tonight at the Panthers and the Senators here. Panthers won 9-2 at Tampa Bay, so that was great, but that, it wasn't a great game. Everything they shot went in. I felt sorry for Vazzy. I Like, what's wrong with Alexander Vasilevsky? Well, you'll get him next game. Nope. Last night he was Swiss cheese again, which I'm getting to. So that's just me. 
And Clark has chimed in and said he likes a high-scoring game in the regular season and a low-scoring game in the playoffs. Well, he's getting fancy. That means both, Clark. That means both. Which I was going to vote for both, but then I thought, no, 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 I don't really like a high-scoring game for all the reasons we said earlier. I'm done on this. Anything else before I move on? I'm going to vote for both. I will vote for both. I like okay. them both, but in, in different circumstances. Uh, a high-scoring game can be really great, but not a sloppy. Gotcha. Okay, so the big story continues. It's all hockey across the great white north, what people are talking about. In Calgary, Nazem Kadri had two goals and an assist as Calgary rallied from a two-goal deficit to snap Winnipeg's three-game win streak. Flames win 6-3 in the Saddledome. Flames netminder Jacob Markstrom made 28 stops. Sean Monaghan scored all three goals for the Jets, and Hella had 28 saves for Winnipeg. Um, this question brought to you by Eminem. Will the real Calgary Flames please stand up? Please stand up. Slim Shady. Will the real Calgary Flames please stand up? Are you the ones that get shellacked like a toilet seat? Six, five nothing by Detroit in your own barn? Or the ones that knock off the Jets 6-3? Which, by the way, it was a far closer game than that. It was 3-3 until the uh, halfway through the game. I watched it when... Huberto scored to make it 4-3. He got the eventual game winner. Here's a funny one. I was out doing something. I came back, and Serena had the Oilers game on and the Coyotes. And then she went in and had to do a little work in the office, so I flipped it over to the Flames game. <laughs> she comes out of the office, looks at the TV, and does it. <laughs> I'm like, I changed it. I don't want to watch the Oilers. I want to watch the Flames. Uh, and in both cases, uh, the Oilers broke through. Oh, actually, I'll get to that. Uh, in St. Louis, Austin Matthews scored his NHL leading 49th goal of the season, added an assist, and Toronto won its fourth in a row and swept the Blues 4-2. Uh, the one in Tempe, Evander Kane scored two of Edmonton's four goals in the third period, and the Oilers stretched Arizona's losing streak to 10, winning 6-3 in the desert. And I'll just wind this up with the game in Tampa I was talking about. Matthew Joseph had two goals. Anton Forsberg made 23 saves, and Ottawa beat Tampa Bay 4-2. It was a second consecutive alarming defeat for the Lightning. Um, what was your hockey viewing pleasure, Darren, on President's yeah. Day in the United States? You know, didn't get to watch, obviously, the Leafs and Blues because we were on the air and, you know, uh, dealing with a couple of things after the show was over. But I watched a little bit of that, uh, actually quite a bit of the Oilers and Coyotes game uh, yesterday and then, you know, dove into the extended highlights, obviously, of Minnesota and Vancouver. I had to figure out how 17 goals happened and what that game looked like. But, you know, going to Mullet Arena and, and, and the Oilers and, and Coyotes, it was a really good game for a while till it broke open kind of in the third period. Um, you know, Arizona was skating with them, playing well, um, doing a lot of great things, getting some good goaltending. Um, and it was a cool atmosphere, it seemed like, in Mullet Arena, although um, a lot of Oilers fans in the desert spending their uh, February in uh, the area and at the game. But uh, that was a really good game. And uh, just waiting for Arizona to break through with some sort of consistency because this year we've seen some flashes where they can play. And it's a fun team on the brink of maybe going and taking that next step. They just couldn't do it in the third period yesterday. Yeah. I kind of understand. I was thinking of why the odds makers at Bet Regal and all the sports books have the orders as the odds-on favorite to win the Stanley Cup because they've had the best record since December the 1st. But I still think they're not beating Vegas in the playoffs until they beat Vegas in the playoffs. 
Um, Patrolman Pete watching in Winnipeg, he says, what a disappointment for the Jets. Yeah, well, I don't think it was you, Patrolman Pete, but somebody wrote in here from Winnipeg yesterday and said, I'm not even worried about the Calgary game. I'm thinking about the mini game Tuesday night. The Jets. I'm like, well, guess what? Apparently, so were the players. Apparently. You can't take your eye off the ball in pro sports. Or you get what happened in the saddle dome yesterday. Ted in Red Deer regarding what kind of hockey game do you like? He says, high scoring here. Let's roll it back to the 80s. Mullets and all. Um, and by the way, watching the game in Tampa, are we just going to ignore the fact that they're playing in a junior hockey rink? Is that, we're just like the drunk uncle in the corner at the family event, we're just going to ignore him? Is that where we're at? I, I don't know how we're supposed, because nobody even brings it up anymore. And, and, and it kind of annoys me that, that that owner of the Coyotes got his way. He's like, oh, they'll stop bitching eventually. Here we are. There's no plans for a new ring, no plans to move the team, and we just don't talk about it. Is that where we're at, Darren? Feels like it. You know, now we're just sitting there being like, oh, there was a lot of other fans in there. It was a great night. It sounded really yeah. good. And, it, you know, it looks good on TV. It doesn't look like a junior barn on TV because um, they don't show the crowd. They don't show the big outside of the arena. They don't show those things. So they control what you see. And in every rink, in every broadcast, the first five rows of the rink all look the same. So it doesn't yep. look any different in that sense. But yeah, we've kind of moved on and we've, we're kind of ignoring it. And I wonder when it's going to come up again. From what I know, um, that owner of the Coyotes owns a bunch of casinos in the Valley of the Sun, specifically the Gila River Casino, where I've been, and it's wonderful. I love it. Uh, he's got more money than God. And he's never going to run out of money, and he doesn't really care. <laughs> so there's that. I just feel like we're at a point where we're not talking, but he outweighed everybody. Unless there's something going on behind the scenes, and I don't think that there is. Jordan S. writes it and says there were four hat, tr uh, four hat tricks across the league Monday. That's got to be a record, right? I don't know, Jordan. Why don't you look it up and get back to us? 902-518-3033 is the number to text us here. Brought to you by Sober Carpenter, non-alcoholic craft beers. Ask for it by name at your local beer, wine, and spirit store. So a secondary story is the Scotties. We're following it, but not watching every game. Defending champion Kerry Anderson and her Manitoba squad rocked Jane DiCarlo's PEI Team 10-4 Monday night. The late draw at the Scotties in Calgary. She's now 4-1. Anderson is second in Pool A behind Edmonton Selena Sturme, who is 4-0. She beats Saskatchewan Scholar Ackerman 8-4. Uh, Saskatchewan now 3-2. Jennifer Jones, her 18th Scotty. She's the Tom Brady of curling. I don't think you can argue that, Darren. Maybe the Bill Belichick of curling, I'm not sure. But she's still chugging along. 4-0, and oh, and I'm, I'm seeing the talk. I talk about what I see on social media. People saying, oh, that SAS team, they're too high risk. They came crashing back to earth. They're still 3-2 and two. sports fans. At 3-0, and oh, we're looking up who's the last rookie team to win the Scotties. Now at 3-2, and two, people are saying they're too cocky and they got a lot to learn. Like, oh, my God, stop the world. i got to get off, man. I can't, man. It's, it's exhausting. Where are you at with the Scotties? Where are you at? I know. It's a tough. That was a tough day for Saskatchewan to lose two games, you know, to Quebec and then to Alberta. Um, games where they had chances and, and just uh, things didn't go their way. And that's it, unfortunate. They try some great shots. They're fun. It's a great experience. 
Um, I think we have to lower the expectations for a rookie team at the Scotties. And then the thing I'm seeing about Jen is, you know, Jennifer Jones announcing her retirement. What if she wins? If she wins, goes to the Worlds, is she not going to come back next year and represent as Team Canada? You know, is she going to just give that up if she's announcing her retirement? So there's talk that if she wins this, maybe she'll come back and this won't be the last year for Jennifer Jones. That's kind of what it's going around yesterday. How about that? Uh, a couple that? of quickies before we break. Uh, point three, the Toronto Raptors, 12th in the NBA's Eastern Conference, get back to work Thursday night looking to snap a three-game losing skid when they host the Brooklyn Nets. Great. The Nets fired coach Jacques Vaughn on Monday, about a year after giving him a contract extension. So the Nets will be getting the dead cat bounce against the Raps on Thursday. Didn't they just fire Steve Nash? Starts at the top, y'all. But let's just keep firing coaches, right? Are we doing it right? Point four, Shohei Otani took batting uh, practice live for the first time this spring training as he returns from elbow surgery. That was on Monday. The Dodgers posted video of it. Uh, Shohei homered. The two-way player won't be pitching this season after surgery on his right elbow last September, but he's hoping to be ready for the season opener as a hitter. Dodgers skipper Dave Roberts. Not that Dave Roberts, Darren, a different one. He said Sunday that Otani won't play in the Dodgers Cactus League opener Thursday against San Diego. Meanwhile, Philadelphia finalized their signing of three-time All-Star utility man Whit Merrifield to an $8 million one-year contract that includes a $7 million salary this year and an $8 million club option for next year. Those are just some of the points. When we come back, more of this. Get your take on that. We got football, we got NHL tonight, and on the way, Alan May and Matt Dunstone. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Approved. This is it. It all comes down to this rock. The hours in the gym, the weeks away from my family. This is what I've been training for. And all those voices trying to tear me down. I'm here to silence them. We've given everything we have for a chance to get everything we want. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com.
Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Yes, it is time for more of the RP Show. And by the way, I just want to remind you that Telemiracle 5050 is not only live now, but it's in the last few days. Telemiracle 48 is this weekend. And if you haven't got your tickets yet, now's the time. Telemiracle5050.com. It's another way to support Saskatchewan's charity and also have the chance to win half the jackpot. It's a win-win for Sask residents. Get your tickets now at telemiracle5050.com. Please bring in the moose. It's the beautiful thing about uh, the way we do things in Sask. We don't ever stop selling them. It's like Hemroid Hill back in the day at Taylor Field. We just kept selling tickets to sit on that hill in the <laughs> south end zone. We, don't ever, we didn't ever cap it. Right? If we, if we could cram another body in there with a shoehorn, we would. Just the way we do things. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Okay. We got through a lot of topics here, by the way, uh, MLB, which, by the way, it's coming up in my sports update. Just to preface this, I'm not sure if you saw this on TSN, you Canucks, but Mike Trout down there with the Anaheim Angels saying that he doesn't want to trade. They've had eight straight losing seasons, haven't made the playoffs in 13 years. Mike Trout not even going to bring up asking for a trade. We'll talk about that later. Raptors not really getting, getting into that, but I, I have brought this up to you earlier uh, in past shows about AI, artificial intelligence now. It bothers me that I don't get any NBA coverage. I'm not the biggest NBA fan, but I'd like a little. Uh, everything that's inundated my phone in front of my face is NHL, NFL, CFL, and addiction recovery treatment centers in Florida. Because those are the things, I guess, that I'm looking up. It drives me nuts. Used to be able to get a little bit of variety. It, is that happening to everybody else or just me? Is there some settings no, that you can turn off? It happens, um, and it's, it's good and it's bad because it's giving you more of what you want, but what it doesn't account for is you do like seeing a little things that you maybe you're not that interested in just to know what's going on. And it's funny, I'll see that in my scroll. Yeah. I'm sure you're the same, and people that are watching this, you'll scroll, and once you scroll enough, you'll, you'll, somebody will pop up on your timeline that hasn't popped up in a while. Or you watch some Instagram stories, and usually you sit down, you watch two or three. But if you sit through and you watch, you know, 15, 20, 25 people's stories because you got a little bit of time to kill, all of a sudden you get to somebody like, huh, haven't seen their story in a while. I wish I saw more of their story, you know? And it kind of is refreshing. I wish you saw more of it, you know? So I get it. Yeah. 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 Just something that piqued my interest. Regarding <coughs> Mullet Arena in uh, Arizona, and it looks like the Coyotes owners pulled one over on everybody. Looks like they're going to stay there. Patrolman Pete watching in Winnipeg says, I agree with Darren. Mullet Arena looks fine on TV. It's no big deal. If the owner's okay with a limited revenue, then what's the big deal? He says the WHL wasn't smart enough to take the same approach with Winnipeg. Darren Workman in Utah says the NHLPA needs to step in and file a grievance for the Coyotes' home arena playing conditions. Well, here's where I'll put in a gratuitous plug for the Cats and Bolts podcast. Great down-home story for you here. We're doing that show on Wednesday, tomorrow, and Jeff Chikrin will join us. And his son, Jacob Chikrin, plays for the Ottawa Senators. Formerly was the Arizona Coyotes. He was dealt with the trade deadline last year. I want to get Chikrin's take on that arena. And what he thinks. Now, and the number two, first conversation he and I ever had, 
Jeff Chekrin came up to me in the press box at Amerant Bank Arena, the home of the Panthers, last year, and slides in beside me. He goes, is this seat taken? I said, yeah, by you. And he goes, my dad's from Good Eve, Saskatchewan. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah, my dad's from Good Eve. We went back to Saskatchewan every summer. And I was like, I have no idea how you even know who I am. It took me months to get up the courage to say to Chick, how did you know who I was? And he said to me, because you had your great cup rings on. I saw the Sask logo on it. He's no dummy. And so anyways, my point, not only is Chickering coming on my show tomorrow, and we'll ask him about Mullet Arena because his kid played there for so long, or at least, you know, a year and a half, whatever the hell it is. But he texted me, and Jeff goes, my dad's in town. Can he come watch the show? I said, absolutely. This is the Cats and Bolts podcast. And he goes, secondly, can you bring your Grey Cup rings down? His dad's still a huge Ryder fan. I'm like, absolutely. I would love to do that. Now, where this show is different from every other show, every other show, let alone every sports show, I want your take and the audience, Darren, on this. Again, my guy, Brent Woltman, be watching right now. His son is participating in a combine for U7 flag football. And by the way, yes, thanks for the reminder, Clark. The text line's open, 902-518-3033. I want everybody's opinion on this because I've kind of done a 180 on it or a 360, whatever. Six, seven, and eight-year-olds, they're having a combine for flag football. And once they identify the best kids out of the combine, which they're doing uh, the 40, they're doing, I think, a vertical jump, all kinds of things, then they're going to have a live draft for their flag football league. And initially, I thought, this is wrong. And flag football, by the way, originated in Canada, in our town, Regina, Sask. And I remember at the time, they were suspending coaches. I don't want to name them, Lance, for having unsanctioned workouts and preseason games against other teams in the league. Do you remember that, to get ready? And they got suspended, these coaches. And I, initially, is this too much for this age? Or is it not? Because I'm kind of walking it back. This is where we are. The view for sports fans. There's a lot of parents and grandparents watching right now. Maybe it's not that bad a thing. Maybe it's not a bad thing to have kids strive to be the best at something. And then get rewarded for it's, it. Or not rewarded yeah. for it. I, you know what? It, it, those are good skills. <clears throat> you know, to try and be good. To put in effort. And have rewards. And there is no, I think there's no age where it's too early or too late to have those rewards or, or start developing those skills. But the one thing I will say, and it's a hockey thing for me, is we're starting to specialize too early. And what we're doing is we're not letting the kids develop. And we're, we're seeing it on the national stage. Canada's not doing as great as we used to, not dominating like we used to. And that's in part to the rest of the world getting better, not necessarily us getting worse. But I look at it like a funnel. You got everybody in the funnel. And what you want to do is create great hockey players, great hockey players. Everybody's having fun, trying to score goals, playing great. And then you tip the funnel as the kids get older and you squeeze out the best 1% that make it to the next level. But now what we're doing is at the U7, U11, these young ages, we're starting to determine who are your top six forwards, who are your scorers, who are your bottom six. And you're, you're, you're cutting off the kids' opportunities to just go out and have fun 
and learn to be creative and learn to be good and learn to score goals. So, you know, it, it makes it really tough on the development of kids who sometimes develop later than others. For sure. And thank you, by the way, for the audience participation. I knew that we would get some reaction here. Pete in Winnipeg says, you either make the top team by the time you're seven or your career is over. LOL. <laughs> and, my, and my friend Brent Woltman says, uh, his son was the fourth overall pick last night, Rod, out of 140 kids. Proud popper right here. And by the way, we were coming back from Tampa on the weekend in his large Tahoe. Actually, actually, no, it was at the Airbnb we rented, and uh, they were talking about the son, RJ, had ran a 5.540, told Serena that. She, you know what her response was to that, Darren? How come it was so slow? <laughs> the kid didn't know what to say. She looked him straight in the face. What took you so long? Yeah. Um, Darren in Utah says, my son went through a combine type of tryout every year for Pop Warner football that helped develop skills and also kept kids in their skill level and kept the game safe and fun. I guess that's my point. I'm not saying this is wrong. There was a time I would have said that it is wrong. But I'm kind of looking at it going, I'm not sure anymore that it's wrong. <laughs> you got kids striving to be yeah. better. You got kids that are realizing this isn't for them or maybe this isn't fun. So they get weeded out early and they can go do finger painting or gunny sack race, whatever the hell they want. Which is the, you know, same thing for me. I mean, you know, I told you a couple of years ago, we went and played outdoor hockey during COVID with a bunch of junior players that were home because there was a break in their league. And I went in goal. This is like three years ago. I was in my late 40s. And I'm playing with these junior players on that outdoor rink in Regina. And it started out great. And the players were like, oh, Rod, why you got the moves as a goaltender? But then I let in some softies. I have a bit of an attention problem. And they were yelling at me, junior players. I'm like, this isn't fun. Oh, yeah, that's why, that's why I wanted to quit when I was a teen. This ain't fun. These kids are just figuring out a, a lot earlier. So I don't necessarily think that it's too young. Um, Jordan watching says i agree with darren i think it's too young wait until they're at least 12. jay in winnipeg says is gunny sack in the olympics yet no but it should be as i show my age there now furthermore to get on point and uh the poll question just as a reminder for everybody for our friends at kiara group today what do you prefer a high scoring ga hockey game a low scoring hockey game or both and running away with it is high scoring. And we'll ask Alan May that. He is lined up next. But I want to say this. Johnny O this morning. Johnny O at Johnny O's gymnasium said to me, Hey, Rod. Rod. It's a great day, Rod. And I said, Every day is great, Johnny. But he said, What are your top three NHL? He looks out of the corner of his eye. What are your top three teams right now? And I thought for this, Darren, they change every day. The top 10 change every day. The top five change every day. That's actually a great thing when you think about it. Right? Vancouver, for the most part, has been number one. But I didn't have it in my... Yeah, I did. Actually, top three. I have Vancouver, Boston, and Florida. And I want everybody to think about it. I'm, you don't need to answer that right now. But who are your top three? Because they do change. And what are we going by? The standings? Are we going by the Vegas odds? And just for spits and giggles, Darren, I looked at the NBA. I just sashayed over on my score app. 
Take a wild stab who the top three teams are in the NBA. And by the way, for a million dollars with a gun to my head, I couldn't have told you who they were. I wrote them down. Do you know who they are? Oh, boy. Um, okay. Boston Celtics. Ding, 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 ding. You got the number one team, yes. Okay. Well, that got one. Um, oh, my. Like, Golden State's not in there? And L.A.? Nope. They're not? No. Nope. Boston, Minnesota Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. How about that? Not only am I saying, what decade are we in? These guys have never been in the top four, I don't think. So anyways, the top three NHL, who are they? Judging by the Vegas odds, it would be Edmonton, Boston, and Florida. But I'm not sure that's right. We'll put that and other things to Alan May next. Darren, I'll see you in hour two. You bet. See you then. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You could throw the perfect rock and still miss but it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless? or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain. It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me. Or email petersonrecovery at aol.com. It's never too late. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, everybody. It's already day five at the Scotties in Calgary. And the Briars coming your way March 1st to the 10th at the Brand Center in Regina. Single draw tickets are on sale now. And they range in price from $24 to $70, depending on the draw and seat selection. All kids tickets, all draws, $9.99. You can get yours at curling.ca slash tickets. Time to welcome in our good friend Alan May, Washington Capitals TV analyst and an NHL veteran and alum of the SJHL's Esteban Bruins. Hey, Al, welcome back to the show. Going to jump right into this one. The poll question for us today is, given what happened in mini yesterday, what do you prefer for a hockey game? High scoring, low scoring, or both? I think I prefer both. I don't want to see every game the same every night. I hated the trap era of hockey. There were far too many coaches that couldn't coach back then. And uh, the first one knew how to do it. The second one knew how to do it. But the 30th guy or the whoever it was, 24th guy, certainly didn't know how to do it. And it ruined hockey for a good amount of years, so much so that we had to change all the rules. Uh, I loved my 80s and 90s hockey. But you know what also made 80s and 90s hockey fun was pushing and shoving one referee. Uh, 
some of the thuggery, a lot of the physical play, uh, the pushing, the fighting, the game misconducts. I miss a lot of that, but I'm not a dinosaur. I know that everything evolves, but uh, I don't want every game the same every night. And I love the third period of Minnesota yesterday. I'm not on the coaching staff of either team, but it was incredible. It was very entertaining. I guess that's the point. It depends on your perspective. Coaches pull their hair out with a game like that, but the fans obviously love it, and the media too. Moving on to this, who are the top three teams in the NHL right now in your mind, and would you agree that it like changes on a daily basis? It, it pretty much changes. You know, it, it probably. I think I told you before. I believe it's cyclical. It's like teams are who they are for a week or two, and then you know they kind of get found out by other teams, or they trying to figure it out themselves to how to play against other teams when i look at you know the most entertaining team and the team that doesn't always sell out but it has the most value for its ticket prices is the florida panthers they are by far the most exciting they're the most annoying uh depending on which side of the fence you're on for cheering for them but they they play a, a great brand of offensive hockey they play physical they play gritty uh they're in it every night I look at them. I look at the Boston Bruins, who I think are very well coached and excellent goaltending, a great you know, philosophy of team defense. I don't know if they have enough guns to go that far because last year they did it with Bergeron and Krejci, but those guys weren't there in the playoffs. They got punked pretty easy. I don't think Zaka and Coyle are two guys to win, take them to the Stanley Cup. The Dallas Stars, another team that I love watching. And then I go to the other side. I look at Vancouver and Edmonton. Uh, those two teams, if they add some pieces, I know I've named a few teams, but those two teams, they add a couple of pieces. One of them will be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, the last time I had you on, I asked you all about your career, which I'm glad I did, but I didn't ask you much about the Capitals. And there's a lot of talk amongst my hockey friends about the new rank you're getting. And I feel like not a lot is known. What can you tell us about what they're doing for a new home for the Capitals? Well, one of the things with, with what the Capitals playing right now, Capital One, I, people around here, I've got a lot of great memories in that arena, uh, but it's obsolete. And when, I, and when I look at it, and it's kind of become a crime-ridden part of town, and crime has been out of control in D.C., but we'll forget about that. I travel around the National Hockey League. Now that you're starting to travel around the National Hockey League, you see how great some of the buildings are. And th this thing in D.C. is somewhat obsolete. The footprint is not that big. You know, like a lot of teams have, we'll say, I used to play hockey in Estevan, Saskatchewan, in a very small ice surface and arena. The new one feels like an Olympic sheet, even though it's just NHL regulation. It's a lot bigger. It's not obsolete. Uh, but it couldn't play in the Western Hockey League. When I think of what they want to do over the river in Virginia, basically, you just got to swim across the river, cross a bridge. It's not that far. It's less than a mile from the existing arena. It's just, you know, D.C. is made of D.C., Maryland, Virginia. It's all very compact. Uh, but they want to have a wow factor. When you walk into the new arena, they want it to be the nicest arena in the United States, basketball or hockey. Uh, the same builders or the architects will be the people that designed the Golden State Warriors. I hope they take a lot out of what Edmonton's done, what Detroit's done. But it's about... You know, getting that. No public money will be spent on this. There will be no taxpayer money. It's going to come from the Washington Capitals and a bond on two loans through the state of Virginia that they will repay back with, you know, with uh, ticket sales and parking and everything. There will always be a ticket tax. There'll always be that comes out of the Capitals' pockets. It'll go to paying off that bond. By the time it's all 
said and done, they only paid $12 billion of the $2 billion or so loan. So it's state of the art, it's well thought out. The plans are going to be amazing. I wish it was happening yesterday uh, because I'm pretty excited about it. I hope it does happen. Okay, so a couple quick things. Why is it a swear word to use taxpayer dollars? Uh, dollars At Super Bowl, I was in Vic and Anthony's Steakhouse in the Golden Nugget, and the server goes, you be sure and talk up our new football stadium on your show because it was taxpayers' money that built that thing. And I was like, bro, I wouldn't be here right now giving you my money if it wasn't for that stadium. You know, like, what? why is that? Number two, yours and my, yeah, go ahead, go, go. We're in a very different place politically in, in this city here. And there's a lot of government workers. There's a lot of people that live off the government one way or the other. And when you do that, it, it, they, they will pit you. The media uh, on that side of the argument will pit the billionaire ownership group uh, against Joe Public. And Joe Public has had it because there's a, you know, we're getting taxed you know, on everything now. And you know, and if they stay in the current arena, what the mayor wants to do here, she wants to tax all the surrounding businesses in Washington, D.C., and make them pay for what she would do on the improvements in Capital One Arena. So Joe Public doesn't want to do it. So what they're doing is the state of Virginia has one of the best credit ratings in the United States. It's a AAA bond rating, and the caps would get two loans from that, and they would pay it themselves. It's not some greedy billionaire. It's very well thought out. People are tired of paying for billionaires to get these big toys that all of a sudden that amass, you know, the Capitals organization with the Wizards and, and the arena and everything that they have right now, my, and the company that I work for is currently worth around $4 billion. So Joe Public has a lot of reasons. They always comes down to dollars. We hate the word taxes. Every one of us hates the word taxes. You and I both live in tax-free states. I'm a Texan, you're a Floridian now. It's nice not staying, not paying a state tax. So. That's what it comes down to, and, and I am with you. What the Washington Capitals have done downtown in that area known as Chinatown, they've created a ton of businesses, but you know what? A lot of businesses have left since the pandemic. Something like 57% of the restaurants in downtown DC have shuttered since the start of COVID. So it's about how many people are you gonna get downtown? People don't work downtown anymore. They're staying at home. So it, it becomes a political argument. It becomes one of those things if you do it and you give back to the community, the state of Virginia ends up making a boatload of money off of this deal. We have 90 seconds, Al. I never asked you this, but I wanted to. Alex Ovechkin's statement that he and Sidney Crosby saved the NHL almost 20 years ago. How'd you feel about that? And do you agree? You know, I, it, it's, it doesn't really matter to me. It, Ovi and and Sid were the centerpieces of the National Hockey League forever. The ratings on our games, uh, when these two teams play and what they've done around the league, when they go, uh, you know, the majority of their career, they sold out every arena in, in, in every road game where they played. And there was Ovi jerseys, there's Sidney Crosby jerseys everywhere. They gave it an American focal point. So Canada doesn't need any help. In the US, we had these two gentlemen that wore their heart and soul on their sleeves of their jerseys. and they put it all on the line. They did an incredible job. And I, I don't mind if he thinks that way. Wayne Gretzky saved the NHL. On, when unfortunately, he got traded from my hometown, Edmonton Oilers, to the LA Kings. What it did for the growth of hockey in the United States uh, cannot be measured. So we can't measure what he says. Uh, it doesn't bother the media that says that. I know that Sid is so humble and quiet and shy and reserved, a lot like Gretz. He's not going to say something like that. And remember, 
everything always gets lost in translation with these Russian hockey players. Fair. Well, you're humble, too. You could have said, my old team, the Oilers, and you'd have been right, but you never say that. You say your hometown Oilers. Uh, Ted in Red Deer says, always interesting and awesome when Alan May is on. I agree. Al, thanks for the time. Can't wait to do it again. Enjoy the hockey. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> Washington Capitals TV analyst Alan May. We'll be back in a moment with a sports update and audience takeover. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Everything I've worked for, everything I've sacrificed, has led to this. It's out of your hands now. All the gold medals in the world can't help you now. You can throw the perfect rock and still miss. But it just takes one. You leave it all out there on the ice to leave behind a legacy. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rod. Hey, everybody. It's not overtime. It's audience takeover time, and we got some good stuff here and also a sports update, so let's get to it. The Winnipeg Jets host the Minnesota Wild in one of eight games on the NHL slate tonight. The Jets are coming off a 6-3 loss in Calgary Monday while the Wild scored a 10-7 win over the Canucks. Vancouver looks to rebound in Colorado, while the Ottawa Senators, fresh off a 4-2 victory over Tampa Bay, visit Florida, and I'm going to the game. Three-time American League MVP Mike Trout says he has no interest in requesting a trade away from the L.A. Angels. Trout, who arrived at the Angels' spring training facility in Arizona on Monday, says he wants to remain an Angel despite the departure of superstar teammate Shohei Otani, who signed a $700 million 10-year contract with the Dodgers in free agency. Sports updates brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. And for Landmark Cinemas, in Landmark Cinemas now, Argyle, starring Samuel L. Jackson, Brian Cranston, and John Cena. In Argyle, an introverted spy novelist is drawn into the activities of a sinister underground syndicate. Check it out at Landmark Cinemas now. Argyle. Um, as promised from the viewers, John Ohm has checked in. I wondered where he was. John Ohm. He says, hey, how can the Winnipeg Jets beat Vancouver but not Calgary? Weird. I will say anybody can beat anyone any given day. Boom. <laughs> Love me some NHL, says John Ohm. I was thinking about this. The parody's great. There really is no team that's just whomping on everybody else. 
except for one team. The Florida Panthers. I don't even know how many they've won in a row. I think it's five in a row now overall. They go for six tonight against Ottawa. I think it's 11 straight on the road. Florida's the team that's kicking the crap out of everybody. Allie in Texas says, uh, very well said, Alan, regarding what? Was that about taxpayers' dollars going to new arenas and stadiums, or was it about Sid and Ovi? I feel like you were talking about Sid and Ovi. Um, Colin in Ottawa says, the fact that neither the Halifax municipal government nor the Nova Scotia provincial government want to put any public funds into a football stadium means that we will never see the schooners play. Well, at least you've realized it. At least you've come to that realization. The schooners aren't going to happen ever. But let's talk about more fun things right after this break here on uh, Game Plus TV and Key Radio 99.1 FM.